Hello, I'm Rachel Lyman, and we want to welcome you to Interfaith Connection, a Spiritual Life Center monthly podcast dedicated to the interfaith exploration of faith traditions that promote love. Our study will allow us to build bridges of understanding, acceptance, love, and peace. My partner in so many ways on this journey is Rev. Dave Lyman, Senior Minister for the Interfaith Explorers. He's an ordained interfaith minister and my beloved husband. This year, we will be on a grand adventure of exploring interfaith, and we're so excited that you have joined us. So buckle up and get ready for our 2021 adventure with today's podcast. Good morning, and welcome to the Interfaith Connection December podcast for 2021. This is Rachel Lyman, and today I'm here with our Senior Minister for Interfaith Explorers, Rev. Dave Lyman. This is our final and 11th podcast for the year. Hi, Rachel and I have been talking a lot about our last program today, and actually it is our 12th because we've done a full year. We want to take a look at Interfaith in 2021 and the magic of the amazing adventure we've all been on with what's been going on in the world. We're going to discuss many organizations. We're going to discuss building bridges of connection, of community. And we encourage you to find those parts of this podcast that speak to you and step into service, expand your horizons. Well, first of all, we want to stop and thank all of you who have been listening and watching our work this year. This year, between our newsletter, podcasts, and the live streaming of two Rituals of Light uh, programs at Spiritual Life Center, on Wednesday nights, over 400 of you have participated virtually or in person. And we want to remind you, if you've not had the opportunity to hear one of our Interfaith podcasts, watch our live stream Rituals of Light, part one and two, or received and read our monthly newsletter, it's time for you to take the steps and subscribe, watch, and listen. And tell your friends also. And it's really easy to do. Just go to Spiritual Life Center's website. At the top, click on Connect, and then scroll down to Interfaith Explorers. And on that page, you will find links to all three of these opportunities. Our podcast today is going to be all over the arena of interfaith. We're going to take a look at some of the amazing things that have happened in the local spiritual community in the region, and in the United States. We're going to point out some trends we notice. We're going to share some classes and events that we've taken. And we're going to share our thoughts, hopes, and dreams for the magical 2022 year that is ahead for us. We're going to start out by listing a trend that's happening not only in this area, but probably across the country. Something very exciting the emergence of the Interfaith Council of Elk Grove. It's a new active interfaith group in our region. One of the examples of their work is a monthly Friday devotional with representatives from many different faith traditions doing readings and prayers. 
Our September 2021 podcast featured Akram Cavell from the ICEG board talking about their vision and the coming together of this new interfaith organization. Now, they're still developing their website, but they do have a Facebook page you can take a look at. Furthermore, Rachel, I don't know if everybody knows that I'm a board member on the Interfaith Council of Greater Sacramento, an interfaith organization that was started in 1911. This year, one of our new programs was called Exploring the Sacred. It was a series of generous listening panels four times during the year. And each event consisted of four interfaith spiritual leaders from our region. A relevant title was given, and each leader spoke for 10 minutes on that title. Then the audience had the opportunity to participate and engage the panel through chat questions. The topics this last year were lively and provoked interesting discussions. Look for the 2021 topics on the ICGS website to see the past uh, panels that occurred. They will be announcing the 2022 program early in 2022, and it appears that we may do more than four next year. Well, another organization, uh, actually the third, probably the third or uh, maybe now the second largest food bank in the Sacramento region, it's been around a long time, and we want to mention that today. When I was growing up in South Sacramento, I got to see my mom volunteer at the food bank at Bethany Presbyterian Church. And in those days, it was literally in a closet with a Dutch door they would open to hand out bags of food to people. But now it it is involved into an organization called the South Sacramento Interfaith Partnership, SSIP. And it has been in existence for over 50 years. It consists of 12 congregations and faith communities uh, through 10 zip codes. In 2021, believe it or not, the SSIP fed over 106,000 people and distributed over a million pounds of food. Well, SLC just honored the SSIP with a donation and is in the process of finishing a food drive for that. Great job for a program that actually did start in a closet on the church campus. And as we looked around, we were amazed because it seems sometimes that interfaith is frozen, but it's not. In 2021, the California legislature appointed the first Muslim chaplain to lead opening prayers for the sessions. Imam Muhammad Yasir Khan was appointed in December of 2020 by the Speaker of the Assembly. He did a beautiful job this last year. And in November of this year, uh, we I interviewed a woman by the name of Goldie Shergel, and she's a, a sick educator and activist in the Sacramento region. We chose November for this particular podcast feature because in November, the California State Assembly honored the sick community with a resolution of appreciation and awareness month for the many things the sick community has contributed to peace building in the greater Sacramento community. In addition to the six, the California State Assembly also in August 
this year, uh, had a resolution to honor the Muslim community and appreciation and awareness month. And part of our history is that the oldest Muslim mosque west of the Mississippi is in Sacramento. It's the Sacramento Islamic Mosque, and it's located at 411 V is in Victor Street. And it's part of 35,000 Muslims who live in our region. And we give thanks for the participation of this Muslim faith community in greater Sacramento as well. One of the amazing occurrences in the faith tradition of Islam is the magical month that is Ramadan. It's the ninth month of the Islamic calendar observed by Muslims worldwide. It's a month of fasting, of prayers, of reflection, of community. It is one of the five pillars of Islam. Fasting occurs from dawn to sunset, and the meal eaten by Muslims after sunset during Ramadan is called iftar. The Salam Mosque in Carmichael, the Sacramento Area League of Associated Muslims, share a breaking of the Ramadan fast with a community iftar meal each year. And it's a spiritual and holy event. Now, it hasn't occurred the last two years because of COVID, but it appears as it may well occur in 2022. If it does, we'll let you know. And it's a wonderful way to expand your interfaith. And another organization we absolutely have to mention today is one that includes all faith traditions. It's Habitat for Humanity. And this particular organization was formed in Georgia in 1976. Its mission is to provide housing for everyone. It's an organization that raises funds and also provides volunteer muscle from people of all faiths who come together to build homes for those less fortunate. In 2005, Spiritual Life Center, the Brahma Kumaras, and the West Sacramento Sikh Gudwara, Sikh Gudwara, excuse me, came together for Habitat for Humanity for the very first Faith House build. And Rachel, I want to interrupt here because when they did that build and they did the opening ceremony, and they held the opening ceremony at Spiritual Life Center, the Brahma Kumaras and the Sikhs and the people from the Unity Church Spiritual Life Center were all present. And the Brahma Kumaris had a way to open the ceremony. And the leader of the Brahma Kumaras, then as is now, is a lady named Sister Hansa. Well, the tradition was to take a watermelon or a coconut and break it on the ground. Sister Hansa is not a tall woman. And it was very interesting watching her throw that down with such force, standing next to Reverend Faith Moran, who was also not a tall woman. And pieces of that flew everywhere. And we knew we were on our way with action. I do remember that. I had just come to Spiritual Life Center and participated in that build. Um, I nailed hammers and sheetrock, and I think there was somebody following me, taking those nails out and redoing them. <laughs> My heart was in the right place anyway. 
Well, again, in January 2016 to June 2017, Christian, Muslim, Buddhist, Jewish, Sikh, and other interfaith communities funded and built Habitat Homes as a permanent representation of unity within our community. Over 180 different faith communities participated through funding and working side by side. Now, again, in 2022, next year, there's going to be another Sacramento Build for Unity project scheduled during Interfaith Harmony Week from January 29th through February 5th. And you can join us next year as the Unity Builds grow. This coming year, some 30 United States cities will have their own Build for Unity, which started in Sacramento. Well done. So we encourage you to sign up to volunteer or contact Habitat for Humanity to participate in some way. Thank you. In 2003, I attended a community gathering in downtown Sacramento that has become a fixture in, in downtown Sacramento. It is now called the Shifa Community Clinic. In 1994, Dr. Muhammad Habib Khan, a Muslim doctor from UC Davis, organized a small clinic in an apartment building donated by the V Street Mosque. That same V Street Mosque that was the oldest mosque west of the Mississippi. There was an increasing demand for accessible health care downtown, and the clinic became more and more popular. It operated as a free clinic for years with minimal resources. And finally, in 2000, a team of physicians and interns and community leaders launched the Shifa Community Clinic in June of 2000 as an organization officially affiliated with the UC Davis School of Medicine. This clinic serves the population of the area and receives, has received a number of awards for community service. Early in the 2000s, it received a certificate of special congressional recognition for the work they do. They do incredible work and they're funded by the community. They have an active webinar program with a variety of YouTube webinars available. Check out their website. And there's another very popular event that happens, occurs every year in Sacramento. And you don't think of it so much as an interfaith event, but it certainly is because people of all faiths, and there are Sacramento is one of the most diverse cities in the United States, come together. And what I'm talking about is the Sacramento Run for the Hungry. It's a signature representation of how a multicultural, multi-faith Sacramento community comes together to uh, give to those less fortunate. And this occurs on Thanksgiving Day. So a lot of families participate and it's a tradition in a lot of the families. And this program was started in 1994 when some 795 participants turned out for the inaugural run to feed the hungry. Well, in 2020, with proper social distancing and careful protocols, 21,362 participants ran to raise money for the Sacramento Food Bank. 
On 2017, prior to the pandemic, the event topped out with over 29,000 participants. This event is very well organized. And as one reviewer stated, what a great way to start Thanksgiving Day with the family and with 29,000 of your closest friends. Well, it's, it's also set up as an easy course around the streets of Sacramento with bands and fire pits for warmth and good cheer. Sacramento's finest moment every year of coming together. So next year, we encourage you to join the run or join the funding if you can't do that. It's the ultimate in community connection, building bridges to help others. In the first years that the run for the hungry started, and it is that largest run in the United States on Thanksgiving Day, I was, well, I considered myself quite a runner. So I thought, of course, when it started out, well, that's something I want to do. And I realized during that first run that it is not a run that you do for time. As I and 29,000 people with many, many, many of them being baby buggies, ran the course. Dogs on leashes, many different things. Now, they've, they've tightened it up a little bit, but it's a wonderful family event. Now, we've talked about these Sacramento area events, but let's take a minute and move from the region to the amazing opportunity we have. We virtually can take classes worldwide from people all over. Both of us this last year have taken some classes and participated in some amazing events that we want you to know about. Because not only can you go back and look at them, but they will happen again in another way in 2022. And you can sign up. One of our strong goals of this podcast today is that you listen to it more than once and find a place where you can stretch your interfaith. Well, I, uh, speaking of that, I found a program put on by the Interfaith Partnership of Greater St. Louis. That's Missouri, folks, Missouri. It was a course called What We Believe, and it took place over eight weeks, and it was put on by Dr. David Outen, and he was a retired professor of religion from St. Louis University. During those eight weeks, Dr. Outen interviewed guests of eight non-Christian faith traditions, Buddhism, Sikhism, Judaism, Jainism, Baha'i, Islam, and ethical humanism. And they all shared their faith history, beliefs, practices, and struggles. Those interviewed were individuals who grew up in the faith, as well as religious leaders and clergy. It was informative and very well done, and I learned a lot. And in 2022, Dr. Outen said there'll be another several-week course scheduled in the spring, and this time they're going to review Christian denominations, and, and there are very explicit differences between those as well. So this is a virtual free course. So plan to join us when the dates are announced. 
last year, uh, I also took some classes and I joined an organization called the Arizona Interfaith Movement. It's a very active interfaith organization in the Arizona state area. Rachel and I participated in different parts of their program. Last year, I participated in a three-night sharing of faith traditions. Each night, three faith traditions were shared by members from the faith tradition. One night, I listened in awe as a Jewish mother did a beautiful explanation of Hanukkah while taking care of her family. I loved it, and I learned so much during the process. Yes, and then I came in contact. Well, actually, Dave did first. I remember you uh, told me about this. The Arizona Interfaith Movement, and they had a lot going on. One of the things they had was a faith forum, which I uh, listened to, and it featured young college-age people talking about their faith journeys. And while that widely feel that having a knowledge of other faiths is important, each of these uh, very well-spoken college students uh, articulated their stories and they had great insight into how important it is not only to learn about other faiths, the nuts and bolts of other faiths, but the cultures and we need to know why people are doing what they're doing. And if we understand their culture and their faith tradition, it helps to build peace and cooperation, not only in the workplace, but in our families and in our communities. In addition, the Arizona organization produces a number of books about affirmative prayer and daily readings. And this next year, they're going to put out an interfaith cookbook. The program also has a statewide golden rule program, which includes fundraising through license plates, listing the golden rule. Last year, some 12,000 license plates were distributed. I know, and I kind of wish we lived in Arizona, I'd buy one. (laughs) We've already bought the books. Yeah. Now, everyone just kind of take a breath because we've talked a lot about a lot of programs in the last uh, 20 minutes or so, and we've given you a lot of information, but they are proof that good things are happening with interfaith, not only in our community, the region, but in the United States as well. And like Dave said, we hope you listen more than once to this particular podcast and choose one of the organizations or several that interest you so that you can put into action the fifth tenet of unity, which is to walk the talk, get get out there and be in, in the action, showing your love in action. And your spiritual growth is through the power of you saying yes and doing it in your own way. Reverend Michael Moran used to say, it was time for us to come out of the stands and onto the playing field. And what I want to mention, too, is that everything that we've talked about here, we'll, I will give information about all these organizations in our uh, December newsletter as well. So as your senior minister at Interfaith Explorers, thank you for hiring me, Rachel. I would be remiss in my job if I did not close with 
some famous questions for you, my beloved. First, what kind of vision do you see for 2022, even though parts of it may be hazy because of the COVID situation? Yes, we do have haziness on the horizon due to the continued COVID pandemic. But you know, this haziness, which started a year and a half to two years ago, didn't stop us at all this year from moving forward. And we plan to do the same in 2022. My vision is I see us continuing to produce our monthly podcasts, our monthly newsletter, and hybrid Wednesday night programs at Spiritual Life Center, which will be, you can come and visit in person and participate, or it will be live stream. I also see you and I continuing to stretch ourselves by taking interfaith classes to keep learning and by joining more national interfaith movements. And perhaps in 2022, I'm excited because we might even join some international interfaith organizations which are out there doing the same kind of work we're doing, trying to build bridges for peace. I also want to take advantage of any um, opportunities we might have with COVID easing up. We don't know what's going to happen to plan some group visits to faith communities in our area or some of group or take groups to different events. And if that's not possible, we'll do it virtually if possible. And this particular year, we were uh, took several groups out the Vedanta Hindu Society and worked in their yard. They have eight acres out there and need help. So we might do that again next year as well for those who have to dig in the dirt like I do. So... We're going to just keep going forward and do whatever we can to promote interfaith connections. So let me get both sides of that. You are talking a fair amount about what we're going to do. What are you wanting the wonderful 80-plus people who are part of this, this experience, what are you challenging them to do? Well, like as we said earlier and throughout our last half hour of to speaking is to find something that interests you or you have talents in a certain area that would be helpful. There's so many organizations out there. And because Sacramento has the culture it does, you will find the people of all faiths and every kind of organization that helps others. So this is, this is part of what we're supposed to be doing as unity students and unity spiritual beings here. So uh, make, make, make a decision and do something. So but the second part of the question is you have been doing interfaith work actively with groups for the last 20 years. What has the impact of interfaith done in your life? Well, actually, it's been about next year will be my 17th year, actually, but it's okay. Sorry. Oh, that's all right. Um, I had no idea I'd be stepping into interfaith work. I think because 
I'm a lifelong learner. I love learning. I'm a hands-on learner. I like to go to places to learn things. So the interfaith work that we've been doing really fits for me. And it's really deepened my spiritual growth and expanded my vision of the world. And I've come to understand and I have a, a deeper understanding and appreciation and respect for people of other cultures and faiths. I understand why some uh, faiths do certain things at certain times of the year. And I, I want to join in and, and be there with them when they do it. <laughs> so uh, light, their, uh, light their menorahs and, and light their Advent candles. Um, and so it makes me want to be more of a, a part of the oneness that we've come to understand striving to teach ourselves and connecting heart to heart. So great job. Thank you for that question. Is there is there anything else you would like to add before we close? Um, I, I would just once again want to thank everyone, each and every one of you for joining Dave and I on this journey of interfaith exploration in 2021. We had no idea at the beginning of the year we'd be doing podcasts and newsletters and in-house programs. But um, I think it's God's way of tapping us on the shoulder and saying, hey, you're not done yet. It's not over yet. And so we're just very grateful for all of you who have participated. Whether you've been just a virtual participant doesn't matter. That's still important to us. and. And I think that what you learn and what you experience that you share with your friends and your family, and it's like a ping pong effect. So this is what we're, uh, we're grateful that we're all connecting heart to heart with our brothers and sisters and building those bridges of peace, respect, and love in the world. We certainly need that. Certainly need that. Well, one of the interesting things about interfaith work is we have a habit as human beings of separating our lives out. And that's why we have that fifth tenet, that fifth unity principle, that is not enough to try to understand how it all fits. You must live it. It becomes a part of your life wherever you are and however you show up. And so, just because of that and the fact that every five years we take a particular step, I need to make sure that I ask you, will you marry me and renew our vows in 2022? This is an important question. I certainly will. And uh, in 2022, it'll be our 15th anniversary. Uh, and uh, when I met you, I, I uh, became involved in interfaith. So for 15 years, you and I have lived the life of Mr. and Mrs. Interfaith, I think. And I want everybody to know that when she showed up, she had a particular card she would play saying, well, I'm just, what would you tell people? I'm just a little Presbyterian. Actually, you would say, I'm just a little Presbyterian girl. That's right. But um I'm, I'm very proud of my heritage, and it gave me such a great foundation for 
loving other people and reaching out to other people. Um, so as a couple, we challenge you, all of you listening to this podcast. Maria Shriver has said that 2022 is going to be a year of magic. Doesn't mean it's going to ever go back to normal. But it means that we will have the opportunity to take steps and do things we never thought we would. We challenge you to expand those connections and communication through interfaith. For truly, it has been said, a friendly study of the world religions is a very good thing to do. It's our it's our sacred duty, yes. And um, I, I wanted to add one more thing before we close. Uh, the, the young people that we listen to, and I'm going to put the link in the, you, you can still go back and listen to the, the, there were young, four young people from different faith traditions. And one of the, one of the speakers said, it's not just learning about other faiths, but we have to, we have to do this so that we understand people better and, and, uh, and work together uh, to, uh, have a, a pe more peaceful world. And this was from a, a person at about 22. So he had a great insight. And um, I'm hoping this year 2022 also to somehow uh, tap into that a uh, young uh, interfaith energy and spirituality because uh, they are the future for us. And um, we we we're not going to be around forever, but they they have a years ahead for us and uh, keep this uh, peace going. So so thank you so much. And we we say Namaste. That means I see that we see the God in you. Thank you for joining us today to experience and explore a deeper understanding of our interfaith look at the world. Our next podcast will be available the last Friday of the month, but we want to hear from you. So send us your comments, questions, and suggestions to interfaith at slcworld.org. That's interfaith at slcworld.org. Because we want to know about your interfaith art. So let us all remember as we go on our different paths that Gandhi said, a peaceful exploration of all faiths is our sacred duty.